Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. All right. Uh, welcome in to the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Manscaped. I'm Henry Chisholm. And before we start talking buffs, I want to tell you a bit more about Manscaped, which is an incredible company that does very important work, like keeping your sexual health going. I don't really know how to say it. Um, but Manscaped, they have all sorts of great products. Um, I think I have some, I have some uh, Manscaped underwear right here. They're still in the package. I imagine they're great, though. Um, all sorts of shaving cream, lotion, that kind of stuff. But what I really like about Manscaped is that they have the Lawnmower 3.0, which is awesome. Uh, it cuts through pretty much anything. I accidentally shaved most of my legs with them. Um, bad idea. It sucks. Luckily, nobody can see right now because we're all stuck inside. But yeah, definitely use the code DNVR20 at manscaped.com. You can get 20% off and free shipping. Um, all right. Uh, so today, obviously, for those of you watching, is a live show. Uh, we're going to be talking about whatever you want to talk about. Um, hopefully take your mind off of all the things that suck right now about the world and talk buffs um, because there's a bunch of exciting things happening, even though it feels like it's so far away. Um, there are a couple of questions I got on a tweet I sent out a bit earlier. We're going to talk through those first. And then we'll jump into all of your questions in the chat. Leave them. Like it says, say something at the bottom. We'll get through all those and just kind of hang out here until we're out of things to talk about. Um, I'm pretty excited. Okay. Uh, first one is from uh, David Smith, who says, who is Tad going to get for new scholarship openings? Um Hey, look, there's, there's that very similar question at the same time in the chat. Um, that's a very good question. So uh, we're going to start by first of all mentioning Dalen Koontz, the shooting guard, uh, has entered the transfer portal, uh, as has uh, Jacob Dombeck, the big man. Um, so those two on their way out opens up a couple of roster spots, and uh, the Buffs roster is in kind of a weird place right now. Um, because there are so many seniors uh, on the team next year. It kind of makes it tough. So so after the season, obviously, they lose those two. They lose Lucas Seward, the forward. They lose Shane Gatling, the guard. Um, bring back pretty much everybody else, um, assuming McKinley Wright, Tyler Bay come back, which I think is a pretty safe assumption at this point. But next year, that means the seniors are Dallas Walton, Aiden McQuaid, Frank Ryder, McKinley Wright, uh, A.J. Martinka, Alex Strotting, Deshaun Schwartz, Maddox Daniels, Tyler Bay. Those will all be seniors next year, um, which means that only Ben and Ursek, uh, 
Eli Parquet, Evan Batty, um, and Keyshawn Bartholomew will be on the roster. Um, plus, they have a couple of guys incoming, um, notably uh, Dominique Clifford, who could be a big part of the rotation next year. So when you're looking at who they could bring in to replace the players who are leaving, I don't think you're looking as much at next year's roster, guys who could contribute next year. You're looking more about the holes you're going to need to fill after next year. Um, maybe you do bring in a transfer, um, somebody who's going to be a junior next season, a, a sophomore next season, just so that you can have some sort of experience on the roster after this massive class leaves next year. I think that that'd be interesting for sure. Um, but when you look at the guys who are leaving... Um, after next year, they're going to be left with Ursek, a guard, uh, Parquet, a guard, Evan Batty, a forward, um, and Keyshawn Barthelemy, a guard. So you have one guy over six foot three, I believe. So they're going to need some size, and I think that's where you look first. You also have to factor in the recruiting classes that are coming in. Uh, next year, they're going to have Luke O'Brien from Columbine High School, a six foot seven shooting guard. I think he's probably a 2-3. You also have Dominique Clifford coming in at 6'5", a shooting guard. So there's a couple more guards. Um, you really do need the big men. You do have uh, Lovering, the big guy, the 7-footer from Wyoming coming down, but that's not until 2021. Um, so I would expect to see some big men. Um, maybe a point guard because you're going to have an interesting situation there, uh, particularly if McKinley Wright leaves to go to the draft uh, this summer. Um that would leave you with likely Keyshawn Bartholomew running the point um, in his redshirt freshman year, having no experience, and Dominique Clifford likely rotating in as your backup, um, a true freshman. That's not a situation you want to be in. Um, and I think that Colorado for a while now has been stuck in this situation where they only have one point guard. And so they're asking shooting guards to fill in behind. Uh, Shane Gatling this year played a lot of two, or a lot of the one spot, and that wasn't his natural fit. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Tad Boyle wants to avoid that situation, just bring in another guard, and if McKinley Wright sticks around and you have three point guards on the roster, you'll live. Um, that said, it is kind of tough to recruit behind Keyshawn Bartholomew um, and Dominique Clifford, who you know would be a very big point guard, but seems like he's very capable of filling that role as well. Um so I would expect to see a point guard um, and then big men, as many big men as you can find. Um, I don't know. I, I I think that it'd be interesting. I haven't heard why exactly um, either of the two players who are transferring out are leaving. Um, I, I think that it's pretty safe to say, you know, Dalen Kuntz, disappointed. Um, I think that early in the season, we all saw the flashes of potential. We definitely saw the mistakes, but thought that he could probably pull it together by late in the season, um, if not sooner. Um, and he never really did. There, there were the turnovers late in a couple of the last games um, that you just can't afford to have. Um, and you also have, you know, Eli Parquet, who's also a sophomore there, who I think probably slides into the starting rotation next year. And you feel really good about him holding down that, sh that spot just because he is so reliable. Uh, he's somebody who you trust to play good defense, to fulfill his role on offense, and not necessarily take touches away from guys like McKinley Wright and Tyler Bay and uh, Evan Batty, who likely will all still be around. Um, you look at Jakob Dombeck, or no, he, uh, yeah, Jakob Dombeck, 
he was one who I really wanted to see more of. Um, again, six foot eleven shooter, really. He 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 had that part of the game as well as being a big guy. You know, it was pretty easy to see him slotting in um, into the Lucas Seward role. A little more surprised he's leaving because he is a freshman, um, or he was a freshman, so you would expect him to probably have more time in the program. I'm not sure whether it's his decision, the coaching staff's decision, but uh, I I think that uh, Colorado's in a good place um, still, even with a couple of departures, because it does open up those opportunities to uh, bring in more players. Um, Again, I I would like to see them find somebody experienced, um, one more experienced big man to add to the rotation, kind of replace... Lucas Seward in that rotation um, because you really don't have another big guy. Um, you can project Dallas Walton to to improve and, and fit in. Um, and I think that he definitely can. And I think that that might even be something that I'd be willing to bet on is that he comes back ready to play. But then he's gone next year too, as is uh, Tyler Bay. And that's also assuming that Tyler Bay comes back. Oh, what up, Nick Geyer? Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. Um so yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm s- expecting right now. Um, you need the bigs. You just have to have the bigs. I think you could fit an experienced guy in there. It'd be nice to get another point guard. Um, if you have McKinley Wright coming back, it becomes a little bit easier. It's always tough to recruit behind really good players. Um, and that's something that we see with this class. That's why um, I've talked to Tad Boyle about it. Um, you you have McKinley Wright and Tyler Bay playing. Nobody wants to be blocked by those two, and so they want to not come to Colorado. Um, that's why you usually see the up years and the down years recruiting. Um we're coming into this big senior class, which is a obvious um, up year. Um, but it's, again, tough to fulfill a backup point guard role um, when somebody knows they're not going to be the main guy for two years um, when everybody wants to have a shot to be a one and done, a leave for the draft early, a two and done. Um, so if uh, Keyshawn Bartholomew's the guy next year, then, and I still think it's going to be McKinley Wright, um, it's going to be tough to recruit right behind Keyshawn Bartholomew in this next class that's coming up because they know that they're going to have to sit behind him. Um, that's why if McKinley stays one more year um, and Keyshawn is the backup, then all of a sudden Keyshawn is a sophomore the next year, redshirt sophomore, and you could potentially bring in um, a point guard who's you know maybe a four-star instead of a three-star um, behind him because they know that Keyshawn's only going to be around for a couple more years and that's more time. You're not waiting until your senior year to be the guy. Um, so that's that's kind of what I expect to see going forward. But so much of it is in flux and kind of... It's a strange situation having... What is this? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine seniors next year if... McKinley Wright and Tyler Bay come back. It's almost unprecedented. It's it's like that Utah football defense where everybody is at the end of their career. They're all smart. They're also really good at football. And so all of a sudden they go on a run, get close to the college football playoff. That's the kind of team we're looking at next year. But again, McKinley Wright, who knows? Maybe he gets told by a couple teams before the draft that, you know, we want to see you become a better shooter. Uh, we want to see you become more aggressive. But we think that we can help you get there a lot better than um, this Colorado basketball program could so you might as well as come to the draft this year uh tyler bay something similar um and if those two are gone then there's two more big holes two more starting spots obviously that are coming open 
and that throws some kinks in things. So for now, again, I'd expect to see a, a, a maybe a transfer older big, um, and then I, you'd look for a young point guard, but it's going to be tough to get one of the top uh, point guard prospects just because you have Keyshawn Barthelme, you have Dominique Clifford right there um, and in front of them. You know, you even have Eli Parquet, who's going to be a solid rotation player. Um, so that's the way I see it there. Um, going into some other questions, let's see. From Homer, could there have been a more strange and devastating ending to the basketball season with the total collapse, and then everything canceled anyway. How are team spirits? Um, could there have been a more strange ending? I don't think so. I think that going on a five-game losing streak and then having every basketball tournament canceled is about as strange as it gets. Um, who would have expected any of this? I, I mean, it, it's crazy that three weeks ago, four weeks ago, they were first saying, you know, maybe we have to postpone the Olympics. Um, it's something we at least have to talk about. We have to have a plan. Everybody's like, well, there's no way you're actually postponing the Olympics. How could that possibly happen? And now here we are. Um, so yeah, this whole ride has been crazy, particularly for this basketball team. Um, I think that they really did want to have another shot to prove themselves. Uh, they wanted to go to the NCAA tournament, win a couple games and say, you know what? We, we aren't the type of team that should be losing five straight. We are too talented for this. Let's show this off again. It kind of seemed like they were ramping up for that. I think they wanted to ramp up for the Pac-12 tournament. I think they wanted to get back on track, um, but we just saw that they couldn't quite put the pieces back together. You know, that last regular season game against Utah, I thought they looked a lot better than in the three losses prior to that. Um, they looked, at least for more moments than in those previous three games, like they had figured themselves out again, but they still just didn't quite have it. They still weren't quite on that path, that trajectory to get things going at the Pac-12 tournament. Um, again, in the Pac-12 tournament, they they had those spots again, but it was so clear that they were in their own heads. Um, you know, they, they give up a five-point run, and all of a sudden, everybody's heads down. They're all walking back down the court slowly. They don't, they don't look like a basketball team that trusts themselves. And again, you can't blame them for thinking that after they lose that many games in a row the way that they did. Um, I think it would have been tough for anybody in their position to give up a short run and say, you know what, we've got it. Because of all the losses that they had before that, I think their mindset was just so different than it was um, early in the season. And it takes some time to get that back. And I think that it was more clear than ever in that first game of the Pac-12 tournament, that that's where their mind was. And I think that that's a teaching point that Tad Boyle could have gone back to um, if they had one more game, if they had whatever it was, a week and a half to prepare, like eight days um, for a tournament game. You could say, hey, look, see this spot? This is where you all gave up. Um, we can now identify that because it wasn't just you giving up from the opening whistle until the closing whistle. All of a sudden, there were, there, there were inflection points again, um, places where you could have turned things around. Um, I think that they wanted to, I think, I think that everybody was obviously frustrated. Um, that, that had been clear for weeks. Um, even going into those first couple losses when Tad Boyle was saying, you know, we had some of our worst practices, uh, of the season and we kind of deserved what happened to us. You practice poorly, you're going to play poorly. And even at practice, things had kind of started to pick up, um, Again, so much of it was mental that it's hard to just say, yeah, they would have got things going. They would have figured it out in, in the NCAA tournament um, because they are so talented. And it was so clear that 
I honestly believe that that basketball team could have beaten any team in the country. I mean, they beat Dayton, and Dayton would have been either the top two seed or one of the one seeds, depending on how the tournaments played out and all that kind of stuff. Um, their heads just weren't in the right spot. Uh, so I think that I think that it it could have been good for them to get that tournament game. Um, to try to win one and keep moving. But again, they had played themselves into an eight seed, probably. Um, they were no longer looking at a three versus 13 matchup. They were looking at an eight, nine game, and those are obviously pretty much 50 50. Um, so the odds of them winning were a lot less. They would have played or had to have played a lot better basketball than they did um, in that uh, last game, that Pac 12 tournament game that they played against Washington State. Um, so part of me really does think that it was best for that basketball team just to have things done with, um, and move on. I'm not sure another week and a half of them thinking about how things had changed, um, would have helped them. Um, it might've been better just to say, you know what, it's over. Um, but it did kind of feel like after that Utah loss circling all the way back, um, that, there was still another step that had to be made before they could come close to being what they were in the middle of the season. Um, but they, it, it was possible. I, I think that it was possible that they could have gotten close enough because you could start to see them fall off. It wasn't just this entire 40-minute process where the entire time they just looked tired and lazy and sloppy like they didn't want to be there. You could see it happen. You could see the moment when... They gave up the five-point run, and they fell apart, and it turned into whatever it turned into, 12-point run. Um, and after that, where that team's head was at, there was no shot. There was no chance of them coming back in that game. Um, and maybe that gets fixed if they play again. Um, how are team spirits now? I actually don't know. Um, I know that uh, some of the football players are obviously frustrated. I think, I think they're kind of feeling the same way that a lot of us feel, and it's not frustration as much as it is just like confusion um you know without being able to work out at the team facilities what do you do um you know i think we're all kind of going through that same thing um we're not supposed to really spend all that much time outside so what do we actually do with ourselves and for them you know study the playbook that kind of stuff um they have home gyms maybe um but it's pent up I think a couple of guys that I've talked to really wanted to prove themselves. They really wanted to show this new coaching staff. They felt like they had an opportunity to uh, to start things off in a good way, um, to show that they were going to be the either the leaders on the team or capable of having a bigger role on the team. Um, and they just lost that opportunity. And so there is a little bit of frustration, but a lot of it is, you know, as much as they care about football – there's a lot more to what's happening right now and football kind of does have to take a back seat. Um, there isn't much of a spin that I can throw at this to make it sound like things are going better. But uh, yeah, so that's a feeling there. I think the basketball team, I, I, I have not been in touch with as many of them, but again, it's over. Things were kind of bad. I think that clean break um, and not making them go through the national embarrassment of losing a tournament game um, would have been beneficial. But for next year, who knows what this means? I think that the ramifications of this could be pretty crazy 
you know, does this make it more likely McKinley Wright and Tyler Bay come back? Does it make you feel like maybe a clean start would be better? Maybe McKinley Wright and Tyler Bay moving on, and even though that would obviously mean fewer wins next year, it's just time to do a reset and say, you know what, Keyshawn Bartholomew's team, let's start building for two, three, four years from now. Um, I don't know. Um, Again, they would lose a lot more games next year if they don't have McKinley Wright and Tyler Bay, but all of a sudden, these are the questions we're asking. Like, is it time to just start this next era? Um, personally, I hope that those two come back. Um, I think that I think that maybe the expectations, um, the pressure of the year kind of did get to them, but not in the ways they expected. Um, I think there was a lot of focus on the media attention, blocking it out, and not getting complacent because the media was uh, hyping them up. And, and saying, you know, this basketball team could beat anybody. Um, hi, Allie. Um, but, but it wasn't that sort of pressure that really did this basketball team in. I think it was just the tension everywhere. When, when somebody did something wrong, everybody was frustrated. And I think the locker room got a little bit, not toxic, but just so much tension, so much pressure inflicted by themselves um, from day one of practice all the way through the end of the season. And that just wears you down. Um, there, there weren't all that many, you know, fun, light, hey, look, aren't look around. How cool is what's happening here? Um, and I think that they could probably handle that better the next time around and say, you know what, we're playing basketball. Um, kind of like you're seeing with the Nuggets. If you guys are Nuggets fans, where, you know, Nicole Jokic might take two, three weeks off, but it's because you know that he's kind of saving himself for later. Because as much as we'd like to say the difference between a two seed and a three seed is massive, being healthy and ready to go and locked in and not just super stressed out would be a good thing. And I think that there was a lot of tension. It seemed like every interview was the the weight of the world on all of these basketball players um, in the bus locker room. And I don't know. I, I think that if they come back, um, it's almost like, uh, okay, we went through all this like crazy stuff last year. Let's just go play basketball. Let's get back to what we're good at and have fun and play with energy. Um, and I think that that could definitely happen, even if they run it back with this exact same crew. Um, Brian Rothrock says, where do you think Davion Taylor will get drafted? And who do you think will be the starting quarterback next year for the Buffs? Um, starting quarterback, I, I, I'm still saying... Brendan Lewis. Hopefully you guys are subscribers to DNVR because I just wrote a big film room breaking down the tape, kind of comparing where Brendan Lewis was at in high school with where Jaden Daniels was at when he was coming out of high school, uh, going to Arizona State where things kind of took off for him. Um, You know, I think he's probably top 15 in Heisman odds in the country going into his sophomore year. That's what you're hoping for from Brendan Lewis, but there are some very obvious differences in their production in high school as well as their play styles um, and I kind of dug into that so hopefully you guys are checking out dnvr or the dnvr.com uh, where you can read all about that stuff with clips from their high school tape kind of breaking things down um, okay but back to the question who will be the starting quarterback I do think it's still Brendan Lewis but things are tighter now uh, if there was an 80 percent chance it was him before spring practice got canceled maybe it's down to 60 percent um 65% just because he doesn't have the reps and as much as you'd like to say well he can go back and study the playbook and come back with a better knowledge it's hard the playbook will be nothing like anything he's ever run before it's going to be thick and having coaches help you through learning it teach you how to learn a big playbook would have been 
so beneficial. Being able to go out there and run plays, being able to build chemistry with these receivers, understanding um, when when KD's running a 10-yard dig, this is what it feels like. This is where my feet need to be. Here's how we get all that going. Um, he's losing this opportunity to build chemistry with his receivers, which, you know, Tyler Lytle has had a chance to build over the last couple of years. Um, maybe not as a starter, maybe... You know, but but he's been working with some of these guys. Daniel Arias, he's been working with all this second tier receiver that's now moving up, filling LaVisca Chenault's place, Tony Brown's place. You know, Katie Nixon's still going to be the clear number one. He's going to have a big year. Uh, Katie's going to have a big year. Um, but, you know, Tyler has that repertoire with some of these younger guys. Um, and, and that'll benefit him in fall camp, as will just like his general experience. Um, having more time in this playbook. And I still haven't heard how different it's going to be from what the bus were running last year. I don't know whether it's um, going to be pretty much the same, whether Chev's trying to run it back, keep things simple, or whether they're implementing something new and different, which would level the playing field for sure, even though Tyler obviously has the experience of going through a playbook. You know, even the little things of spending a couple of years working on the iPad, using the different film cut-ups, using the playbook that's put onto this iPad. You know, Brendan Lewis had some time with the coaches for sure, and they gave that iPad to him when he committed, all that kind of stuff. But it's just that familiarity that Brendan is losing the chance to build with these spring practices. And they haven't been canceled for sure. You know, the way things are all trending in the world, um, the odds of them starting up on March 29th, which they said was the earliest possible date. And I think it's actually the earliest possible date in all of college football um, that Colorado chose. Um, so it's likely going to be pushed back. If I were to be making bets, I would say they're not going to have um, any spring camp. But Rick George said in a conference call a few days ago that if there is no spring camp, they're going to push to have an, an, some time in June where they can work out or just start fall camp early to get some of these practices back because while Colorado Colorado doesn't get a single spring practice you know if all of this is canceled a lot of teams were kind of winding things down um at this point you know there were a lot of teams that started in January remember the Buffs coaching search um when when Troy Calhoun's name came up that Air Force head coach uh he got asked about it at one of Air Force's spring practices and he didn't handle that well, in case you guys don't remember. But that that's how far ahead of Colorado they were with the scheduling. Um, and I don't think the scheduling was bad by any means, um, I, I, especially with what happened with Mel Tucker. If he had left in the middle of spring practice, it would have been an even bigger mess. Um, but because of what happened, it put the, puts the buffs in a really tough spot. Um, and Brendan Lewis in particular, um, as well as uh, some of the other guys. Um, but I still would say that he is the, the favorite to be the starter, although the odds have shifted um, quite a bit. Um, the other half of the question, where do you think Davion Taylor will get drafted? That's tough. He's he's flying off draft boards. At this point, he could be a day two pick. I mean, I don't think anybody will get him in the second round, but there's a very real chance that he could be a third round draft pick. Um, if you guys have been following along, um, you've probably been hearing about the uh, national perspective of Davion changing. Um, you know, he he ran the four three nine at the Buffs pro day four three nine forty time. That's faster than pretty much everybody. He tied Isaiah Simmons, who's the freak athlete linebacker from Clemson, who should be a top 
five pick, um, top six pick. But Davion obviously is raw, but that could almost work to his advantage um, because he hasn't been playing football for so, so long. Um, he didn't play high school football because of his religion, um, because he couldn't go out on Friday nights. Um, so he didn't actually get to start playing until he went to JUCO and he tore things up. Um, then when he comes to Colorado, first of all, he's an all pack 1200 yard dash sprinter. So that should show you that he's a pretty freaky athlete for a linebacker, but also they kept changing his role. Um, you'll remember, I guess this year, let's start with the Mel Tucker defense. He played the star position and he was used more as a cornerback linebacker hybrid. Um, there was still some like kind of edge rusher responsibilities, but mostly they had him dropping back in the slot area um, in zone coverage, and they had him do a bunch of different things, but that was kind of his primary responsibility. The year before, while also playing the star position, but in a different defense that uses that position differently, he was more of an edge rusher. He was basically like an, like an edge Um trying to get to the quarterback, which he did very well. And so not only has he not been playing football for that long, but he played a year, I, th I believe, um, at junior college before coming to Colorado. So there's the inconsistency there. And then his role changes at Colorado. So when, when coaches get their hands on him, first of all, they're going to be very impressed by you know, who he is as a person. You know, he handles himself very well. He's a very bright guy. Um, and he, I, he will be able to sell them on the fact that he is moldable. Um, they can coach him to be, you know, a weak side linebacker, which is where I think he fits in, or maybe as a strong safety, maybe as an inside linebacker. And throughout the draft process, they put him in all these different roles. You know, you saw at the Senior Bowl, I was really hoping they'd put him in a better position to succeed, but they really just played him at middle linebacker. Um, and for Davion, who... He's, I think he, I think he's capable of doing that. It, it helped him to put on another 10 pounds or so. It helped him to have more time working on shedding blocks from centers and guards, these big guys that he's never really worked against. Um, I think he could learn how to do that, but that isn't one of the two roles that he had at Colorado. Um, he was working on beating tackles, the more agile guys who maybe aren't so strong, who aren't working in a box. Um, and so I, I, I don't think he was put in the best position there, but then you see him work out at the combine and he looks good. He doesn't run as fast as I think we'd hoped. Um, still, 4-4-9 for a linebacker is pretty crazy. But then he goes to the pro day and runs the 4-3-9 and shows that he really is this freak athlete. Um, he's going to meet with these teams. They're going to see how bright he is how how smart he is about football um, and just how enthusiastic he is about the game plus you know immediately that he's capable of contributing on special teams probably being a special teams ace he's the type who um, might get a special teams bid to the pro bowl in his first year as crazy as that sounds there is nobody built better for that maybe in the entire league the straight line speed as a gunner um, combined with the size he has the tackling ability and just understanding how to use his role i mean He's a special talent. Uh, the question is just where he fits. Um, maybe he's stuck as a coverage specialist in the NFL, and that's a legitimate concern. As I said, he didn't look great shedding blocks from the interior guys um, at senior at the Senior Bowl. It was also kind of the first time he'd been asked to do that, so who knows whether he's going to improve there or not. Um, I, I think that odds are he's a fourth-round pick, um, fifth-round pick, but he does have 
early third round potential for sure, which is not something I thought I'd be saying um, when I first started covering this team in July. Uh, it's pretty crazy to think about his rise. Um, but yeah, he's he's helped himself out a lot. Um, and I'd love to see him get a shot early in his career as a cover specialist. You know, that's that's why he could fit with the Broncos because the way the Broncos are built, for example, that 3-4 defense, you have your two inside linebackers, theirs are very much run-stuffer-first linebackers. Um, Alexander Johnson, Todd Davis, and, you know, the Broncos didn't go after, you know, Corey Littleton or uh, the the guy from uh, Cleveland, uh, not Christian Kirksey, uh... I'll think of his name in a second. Oh, Joe Schobert. There we go. They didn't go after those guys, likely because they are kind of one-dimensional cover guys. They're great cover linebackers. They aren't great at brushing off blocks, stopping the run. Um, But there's still a market for those guys. And for the Broncos in particular, because they didn't spend big money on that type of guy, Davion Taylor is the type who maybe halfway through his first season can rotate in um, on third downs and cover as a linebacker, um, which is something the Broncos don't have. And a lot of teams are looking for that type of guy. That's that's the piece that's missing just because there aren't so many fast linebackers out there. They're kind of being overvalued as you're seeing with Corey Littleton getting the big deal, um, Joe Schobert. Um, so he's, he's at a position of need for a lot of teams, which will help him as well. Um, I would like to take a second and tell you about Breckenridge Brewery, which is incredible. And I tried to buy some Breckenridge beers today when we went to Target, but they were actually sold out of all of them. I wanted the sampler, the like 15-can sampler that lets you try a whole bunch of different things because we're locked in here. Um, as much as I love the Strawberry Sky, as much as I love the Colorado Core, the Avalanche, I like being able to change things up, especially when we're stuck in quarantine and every day already kind of feels the same. Um, they were out of the sampler, they were out of all of it, which makes sense because if there's a better way to spend time locked inside than drinking Breckenridge beers, I haven't found it. Uh, so definitely check them out and you can use the beer locator on their website and it will tell you exactly where you can find whatever Breckenridge beer you want to try. Um, it's still convenient, especially when they're kind of getting, uh, picked through already um, with everybody stocking up on all of their needs and Breckenridge beers are a need Um, again beer locator on the Breckenridge Brewery website use it Uh, also want to tell you about Green Mountain Dental a place that I am very excited to go as soon as this is over because I probably should have gone before this happened but uh, now we're stuck here Um, you know things like taking care of the teeth shaving cutting the hair that's just not possible anymore which is too bad um The great part about Green Mountain Dental, well, first of all, they're great dentists, but also if you schedule a cleaning exam and x-ray, they'll give you a free Sonicare toothbrush. It's a great toothbrush. Um, They'll do it because, first of all, um, they want to give you value for using them, but also because it makes their life easier. Um, And they want repeat customers, and if people feel like their teeth are healthy, they're going to keep going to the same dentist, so they want to help you do that. So let them and schedule an appointment when we all get free and we're all going to need our teeth cleaned, especially if you're loading up on sugary stuff to keep you entertained. Uh, Jolly Ranchers, that's how you kill time. Um, so yeah, definitely do that. Um, get get your free Sonicare toothbrush f- when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. Um, let's see, scrolling back through the comments in here now, uh, saw Christian Driver listed buffs 
What are your thoughts on him? I actually don't know much about him. Um, I'll look it up for tomorrow's podcast. Um, interesting. Uh, I haven't dug into that at all. Uh, Buffs B-Ball opening since portal announcements. Yeah, I mean, we talked about that a lot. Um, I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about uh, the transfers. Um, as, as disappointing as it is that Dalen Koontz is leaving, you know, there was still a lot more projection about his future and what he would become than we would have liked at this point. Um, for those of you who are just tuning in, um, he's leaving. Jacob Dombeck is also leaving, um, entering the transfer portal. Losses and talented guys, um, but I, I don't know how uh, Dalen Koontz was going to break into the rotation next year, especially if McKinley Wright comes back. Um, and even if, even if Kinley doesn't come back, you still have Dominique Clifford coming in. Um, you still have Keyshawn Bartholomew ready to take over the point guard spot. Um, there wasn't much room. I think he could have gotten himself a spot. He could have built himself a spot, um, but he didn't. Uh, the, the turnover troubles, um, just some mental lapses that the Buffs can't afford at this stage. Like, like I said, I think nine seniors, eight seniors on the roster next year of Kin and Tyler Bay come back. They're trying to make a run. They're, they're trying to play perfect basketball, um, get into the tournament with a two seed, a three seed, and they're more than capable and they don't have room for the mistakes. Um, and Dalen, if he could have just cut down a couple of them in those last few weeks of the season, I think you could have said, yeah, he's going to be able to step into Shane Gatling's spot or Eli Parkaywell and Shane will take that. But uh, that's not what happened. Um, disappointing for sure. I think he still has a bunch of potential. There was a chance that he was going to come back and be that guy. But he just didn't quite put enough on film. Um, there's a good chance that a couple years from now, though, people are going to be disappointed he left. Um, too many seniors? Yep. Too bad there aren't any Tarek Whites at UCCS right now. Too bad. Um, but I do think that Colorado's in-state recruiting has been really impressive. Um, obviously, both recruits next year coming in from Colorado. Um, one from Columbine, the big man from Columbine. Dominique Clifford from Colorado Springs. I wonder if he's close with Sean Schwartz. I'm actually not sure. Um, but those two coming in, they'll have one commit from 2021 from Wyoming. Uh, big man who I'm really excited about. But, uh, yeah, they're kind of killing the in-state recruiting. It is too bad, though, from Mile High Minor, that there aren't any Derek Whites. Um, it's just a strange time. Uh, because there are two potential draft prospects who you just don't know if they're going to be around or not. Um, and and the way this team is built depends a lot on how that shakes out. Um, again, I would definitely expect to see both of those two back at Colorado next year, but with the way this season went, um, who knows? Even, even the whole coronavirus thing could change how everything shapes out uh, if they if they're missing time to work out because they're locked in quarantine whatever or if they're the draft process is pushed back until after the season which probably won't resume for who knows how long maybe it could be a couple months um there are just so many variables right now that uh it's tough to project what we do know is that no matter what colorado will have a very veteran team next year um and should be in the Pac-12 title conversation again, even without those two. I, I really believe that. Um, what up, bro? Uh, thanks, Nick. Uh, I think that's going to do it for questions. If you guys have any questions, 
throw them in now. Otherwise, I'm probably going to log off and get to... Uh, oh, actually, I should check and see... Oh, wait. Luis Rodriguez. One second ago. What great timing to refresh. Uh, have you been doing Coach Engelhart's at-home workouts posted on the Athletic Department account? I actually found the stretching one very helpful. Okay. would love to see Coach Wilson get involved with this, too. Side note, would the Athletic Department allow you to conduct Skype interviews with players and coaches? Um... Let's start at the top. I haven't done the actual workouts. If you guys haven't seen them, they're actually really cool. I should start. Uh, we just went and bought some dumbbells today so that we could work out. Um, I'm not much of a lifter. I'm more of a get on the treadmill and listen to a podcast or watch a movie. I, I had never seen Space Jam up until uh, right before I went to Vegas. So I was like, well, let's just run up on the treadmill for an hour, hour and a half, watch Space Jam. Pretty good movie. Um, so yeah, I'm going to start lifting because that's all we can do. I'm also going to start uh, the at-home workouts. I should definitely be doing that. Um, and you guys should be too, because I have too much energy to burn um, to be cooped up like this. Um, also, with yes, Coach Wilson should get involved. Um, would the athletic department allow you to conduct Skype interviews with players and coaches? Um, I think eventually. I think that right now everything was... Uh, I think everything was supposed to, uh, here's the thing. This isn't a knock on Colorado. I don't want to say bad things about Colorado, the athletic department, but every athletic department in the country looks for ways to kind of control the message, to limit access. And this was a way to do that. And so during the process of figuring out what's going on, where student athletes are going to be, wherever, um, with all these moving parts, they aren't going to do as much as possible to like push access and get people in there. I think that if I were to reach out, we could definitely get something figured out. Um, I think that as we move forward and people kind of start to understand what is happening, um, you know, as of right now, I still don't think we've been told that next Monday, March 29th, there won't be a meeting. Cause I think scheduled right now, like tentatively was, Everybody hoping that they could get the football team together at six o'clock something Monday, March 29th for a meeting and then try to get back in practice. Obviously, it doesn't look like things are trending well for that to happen. But with everything in flux, it's, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, I should make sure nobody replied to this one. All right. I think that's going to do it for today. Um had fun talking boss. We should do this again. If you have any questions, uh, as always, leave them on the post for this show at thednvr.com and we'll get to them tomorrow when there's another Buffs podcast. So exciting things coming. Um, we'll let you know about those later this week. Um, thanks for listening as always. And I want to talk more Buffs, so let's talk more Buffs. If you guys have any thoughts, any questions, like I said, get me. We'll do this more because nobody wants to think about... Uh, the world more than they have to at this point uh, so we can hang out here uh thanks for listening i'll see you all soon i think they like my colorado sway because when i'm in it play i don't really i don't really know just how to act and when i'm in it go you know i'm acting bad holly get a bus with my colorado sway my colorado sway my colorado sway i think they like i think they like my colorado sway Sway. Might not swear, I think they like my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway yeah. is this.
shit 180. Eating pad competition, see you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army, we soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And voters where we stationed, patiently awaiting. Oh. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swagging at the crowd, do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit ya. Hit ya. Hit ya. Hit ya. Hey. Hey. And you on your own now, why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. Yeah. And we ain't playing with you, you can get it anytime. Yeah. It started at the scrimmage, we gon' win it at the line. Yeah. My Colorado swag in the middle of the ring.